Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Guard. This is the live Saturday night version of Free Talk Live. I know you're not used to hearing live content on Saturdays. What the? But it is true. This is a live show on Saturday evenings, and you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. But we do have, uh, you know, have some show prep we've done here for you. We, we do a little bit of that here, here and there. Uh, what do you got for me, Gardner? Well, Mark, since we do and do and do for the listeners, uh, we've got <laughs> some pretty interesting stuff. Of course, it's radio that the listener controls, so you can call in right here to me and Mark. Of course, I'm filling in for Ian, everybody, who's in the Who's Gal right now because uh, he stood up for his principles. And uh, you can call in with subjects you want to discuss, but we've got a couple that are uh, pretty pertinent and uh, uh, put, could potentially be very controversial. Um, first off, there's a story out of Chicago that if you go to the Free Talk Live website, freetalklive.com, you'll see uh, many of the visitors have voted as one of the most interesting and, and troubling stories uh, that pertains to your individual liberty and uh, some of the problems that the government uh, p- puts in your place. I'm troubled. Yeah, I'm very troubled. Here's this story. It comes out of Chicago Tribune. It says um, August 31st is the date of publication. It says simply this. Lawsuit accuses security guard of handcuffing first graders for talking in class. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. Huh? So there's that's the that's one of the stories we can continue with this one yeah i, if I you think that's to. pretty pretty outrageous okay um, okay so i mean i've <laughs> i've heard of all kinds of disciplinary tactics in school handcuffing first graders doesn't seem like a good one. Oh first yeah first graders i mean we're talking about six and seven year olds here, absolutely right? well you know i mean those words could really hurt people what I mean, was I, the whole sticks and stones may break my bones but names can never hurt me i'm sorry we're gonna have to handcuff you the names could hurt you well this uh, this is just just for talking in class uh, not yeah. even name calling necessarily no. No, that's true. Um, so, I mean, I wonder what this immediately brings up in my mind is this is indoctrination for the for the police state. This is just to get kids ready for the police state. That's incredible. First graders handcuffing them. What what possible rationale could the state employee, otherwise known as the recipient of ill-gotten goods, have and by the way, if you're just joining us on a Saturday night and and this sounds very strange to you, uh, don't forget that the police are paid whether the person who's taxed wants to pay or not. I think in this case that it might not have been a police officer, it might yes. have been a sc- security st- guard employed by the school. Yep. Yes. So in this case, uh, it's similar to the police. Indeed. Um, so we'll say this. Here's the story: the attorney for a family suing Chicago Public Schools. Oh, and they're so good over the alleged handcuffing of a first grader in. 2010 said Tuesday that the boy was among several six and seven year olds who were detained and handcuffed for hours for talking in class. In an email to the Chicago Tribune, attorney Michael Karen told said school officials at Carver Primary School on the far south side authorized the on campus security guard in 2010 to discipline some first graders who were being disruptive. Giving details not disclosed in the lawsuit filed Monday in Cook County Circuit Court, Karen said the school security officer removed the students from class and held them in another office on campus where there were no other adults present. Yow. This reminds me of the uh, case of the child who had posted something on Facebook about uh, after bin Laden was nailed, who said, well, you know, it might be possible we might see more terrorist attacks. And the 
feds came to his school. The Secret Service came to his school and detained him for three hours. And luckily, his mother got a call after it was pretty much done. Yeah, the verbiage of how what his post was was um, I mean, what was he? You know, fourteen like or 14 fifteen or 13, years old. Yeah. Um, the verbiage was like uh, President Obama better watch out or something like that. Which, you know, I mean, it, it could just as easily be a threat as it could be just a, a you know extolment to uh, you know to watch out. But a fourteen year old, really, we need we need yeah, the Secret I mean, Service uh, coming in for this. And of course, the school didn't bother to reach his mother. And when yes. they, when the security guard is the one who finally called her, I guess the security guard was a little bit more on the ball than this security guard from sure. Chicago. And this is the so, thing: is I, I I wouldn't say for a second that every school resource officer and security guard that works at a public school is as lame brained as this guy. Didn't didn't he say something like, um, "You're going to prison and you're never going to see your parents again"? Yeah, check this out. Here we go. Uh, Karen said the student. Students were handcuffed for hours and told that, quote, they were going to prison and would never see their parents again. These are six and seven year olds. These aren't like 14 and 15 year olds. These are six and seven year olds told that they are going to prison and never going to see their parents again for being talking and being disruptive in class. And the, this security guard was given some level of, of latitude to do this by the uh, the school. And I've got to f- say, you know, this is absolutely insane. Yeah. Now, and I know that people are going to say one bad apple and all that stuff. And I get it. It is one bad apple. There's no doubt. But the question I really have for people is, you know, doesn't this happen because public schools are monopoly? Yes, I know you have the option of private school. No doubt. But public schools everybody's got to pay for them or they have their house taken away. Um, even landlords have to pay for them, so therefore it's passed on to renters. Everybody's got to pay for public schools, so they really are this sort of functional monopoly. If you had a restaurant in your town that what, that had a, a silent room policy or a quiet room policy, and all of a sudden you found out that the bouncer was being brought into the dining room where your kids were eating, and taking your kids into another room and handcuffing them because they were playing too much or something like that, would you ever frequent that place again? I can't no. imagine a place like that existing because customer service is such an amar- in a marketplace that you would never see something like that. That's and, the re- right. and I believe the reason you see something like this in a public school is because there is no motivation the, um, that, that, a, that a governmental system doesn't function the way a, a, a customer service uh, system works in the marketplace. Right. And they don't have to, they don't have that uh, responsibility, that feedback mechanism. And what you end up with is little crazy Hitlers like this person locking kids, uh, you know, putting kids in handcuffs and telling them they're never going to see their parents again because they were talking in class. Yeah, you see, the reason we bring this up at the outset of this show is not because we say, as you say, well, you know, this is just one example of something. It just needs some tweaking and, you know, things like this pop up, but that's it'll be fixed. Things like this it's do pop up. It's an anomaly. What we're a, saying... It is a monopoly and they do pop up. Yeah, but what we're saying is that this anomaly, so-called, is predicated on something else you can try to correct this one problem which by the way the attorney said unfortunately we had to file a lawsuit because the chicago board of education ignored my client on the day of the imprisonment and every day thereafter we right. hope the chicago board acknowledges its responsibility and resolves the matter quickly right the and that's key the thing, most important thing here right. is that the chicago school system didn't respond right that this this crap this crazy crap happened and the chicago school system didn't respond and here's the reason they don't have to they're going to get your money one way or the other if you don't give them their money give them give them your money your 
house is going to be taken away from you. There is no customer service because you're not a freaking customer. Exactly. You're a serf. And, Mark, Just like the Lord can take the land from the serfs, the Lord can take your land from you because you're a serf. It just replaces the feudal system with the so-called community. Right. And that's the thing. You don't get any response. You don't get anything. And if you do get some response, if you say, if you, if you out of laziness or out of comfort say, well, it's the way the community runs and it's just one little mistake. We can fix this. If you don't look at the system, this is why we're bringing this up now. This is why we talk about these types of things on this program. Because we need to look at what causes this over and over, whether it's Chicago or some other city. What's the problem? The problem is non-addressability because there is a an entity with the monopoly on force that takes people's money whether they're satisfied or not. And so, until people look at that barefaced reality, this is going to happen Elsewhere, it'll happen in Chicago again in a few years. Do you want that to happen, or would you rather have a system that actually didn't take money from people and was addressable? Now, um, and I guess the question for people is, have you had scary, weird system uh, things happen um, while you were in public school, or private school for that matter? Um, and secondly, do you think that this is, uh, do you think this is not systemic? Are we just, you know, barking up the wrong tree here? And, and even if it isn't, I mean, it, you can, know, and, and even if this is like a, the, an example of the worst, even if it's not my place to tell someone in Chicago, let's say there's somebody in Chicago who says, you know what? I don't like the English criteria. I wish they had this and that and this and that. Is he going to be satisfied? No, not a chance. Right. Not a chance. Because public school doesn't. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want. We've been talking about this issue with the, in the Chicago schools. I'll get to it in just a second. But how big is the debt crisis, really? Prepare to be dumbfounded. Go to learnliberty.org slash FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And see Anthony Davies' explanation of the magnitude of the U.S. debt. It's a little over a minute long, but it's stupefying. You have to see it. Go watch this video. Show it to your friends and family. Share it on Facebook. People need to see this video. It is striking. When you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education, economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. Again, the, the website is learnliberty.org slash FTL. Gardner. Yes, sir. What uh, what else with this story? I mean, uh, the right. security guard in Chicago. Yes. Uh, before before we uh, we had to part for some very important messages, uh, we were opening up our program on this Saturday night on Free Talk Live, talking about the Chicago public schools. But it could be almost any public school to varying degrees. This has been happening all over the place. It's been happening subtly and sometimes unnoticed by people for decades in the United States. Uh, the abuse of children, in this case, 
a Chicago public school hired security guard handcuffing six and seven-year-old students because he said they were being disruptive and telling them as he took them into a different room that they might go to jail and never see their parents again. A lawsuit has been filed against the Chicago public school system because, as the attorney for the uh, plaintiff said, unfortunately, we had to file a lawsuit because the Chicago board ignored my client on the day of the imprisonment and every day thereafter. We hope the board acknowledges its responsibility and resolves the matter quickly. They're seeking more than $100,000 in damages. Which, of course, will not be paid by any one of the shiftless bureaucrats that uh, actually are responsible for this. <laughs> they will. It will simply be paid by the Chicago taxpayer, right. which just goes to show how completely unaccountable these people are. Yeah. I mean, if you think that you are going to have to, to put people in positions where they are unaccountable and they're going to act like they're accountable to someone, then you're just a fool, I guess. And this isn't just a blip on the radar screen. The entire radar screen is corrupt. It's corrupted by a system whereby the government can forcibly take people's money for what they call a public good. Oh, well, we have to supply because a child has a right to education. Oh, really? So does that mean that since you can tax this guy over here and make him work for X number of hours a day so the public will take his money and give it to the school system, that why don't we just remove the middleman and enslaving him instead of enslaving him, let's just enslave all the teachers. There's no positive right to anything, even if it's an innocent child. Even though the child can't educate himself, it does not mean that anyone has a right to approach my neighbor and say, hey, if you don't hand over some money so we can educate, supposedly educate, and it's crap education in the public system, so we can hire a bunch of administrators and a bunch of abusive people like this guy, this security guard. If you don't hand over your money, we're going to take your house. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying as far as positive rights go. It's true. There's no such thing as a positive right because yeah. you can't enslave one person or another. But I think that education is important. And I think that people kind of get that, uh, you know, they, they really do get that education is extraordinarily important. And that's why so many people donate to so many scholarships and Absolutely. things like that. And if you imagine in a world where uh, there wasn't a public school system where kids right. did not have a quote unquote right to an education, um, how much more people would give in scholarships. Also, in a marketplace where people compete for business, generally you will find prices coming down and that's quality not true going it, up. That's not true when you're dealing with uh, personnel costs and things like that, and, and school is very personnel intensive. But there may be there may be other ways to educate kids that don't require so much uh, personal uh, personal attention. I don't yeah. know. I can't say. I'm not the one who's going to suggest this. But what I can say is, I would never in my life turn my kid over to these people in the public school. Yes, you know, I gotta pay because otherwise they're gonna take my house away. I don't like it. I think it's robbery, but I'm never going to turn my kid over to these people. And and that's the you brought up the next phase of the thought process, Mark. You know, and and if we're critical of this system, people will say, "Well, what's your alternative?" The alternative is freedom. But what is the practical outcome of that? The practical outcome is a competitive marketplace where individuals can freely choose where to send their children, and those who are of lower means will just as they used to have in the United States. And there are great examples of this. Look at something called the Bullfinch study from. 
from 1812 that showed that kids in Boston, 96% of them were educated through sixth grade through private means, approximately 96%. Um, these things are historically shown in the U.S. It's just that people haven't been observant of them because right. it's been people so long. Believe, people believe that we, currently with the public school system as it is, an, on average, 20%. 20% of kids graduate from 13 years of school functionally illiterate. Incredible. In some in some school districts, it's as high as 40%. In this Bullfinch study from the 18... Uh, tw- it was 1812. 20, 18, yeah. 1812, yeah. you're talking about an average of uh, 96% of kids had a uh, sixth grade education, which meant that they, they could were, read and absolutely. understand things. And the That's quality. better yeah. than what we have today. So if you got rid of uh, public school, it is reasonable to say that you would have higher levels of literacy because the government in every way shape and form manages to do the opposite of what it intends to and and as a little anecdote here not every time yeah as a little anecdote here um let me get let's let's take richard all right um, great let's get him on a fellow here uh calling in from tupelo richard oh hello there mark yes and guard hey richard how are we doing tonight all's well great what can we do for you I wanted to make a comment on this uh, issue with the kids in school. Yeah. Well, the question is, what did you expect? <laughs> I the guess state I, we know has a monopoly on the use of force. Yeah, I know. I'm. It, it I, 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 coercion. I try not to be jaded, but I mean, I, I you know, my goodness, I never expected to hear of a of a uh, security guard putting first graders in handcuffs and telling them they're never going to see mommy and daddy again because they were talking in class. And and you know that whole that whole thing that Mark mentions about being jaded. I suppose when we when we open up a show like this or we're, we're entering into it, especially on a Saturday night, I like to sort of step back and come at it as a person who hasn't already been you know wallowing in that mire, studying these examples over and over again, and seeing how the system itself can't be reformed, how the system itself is based on corruption, is based on legalized theft, and therefore has no ability to change and cater to consumer interests. So that, we, that's correct. Let me make yeah. one other comment, and you're right on the money. You don't find piety in a whorehouse, okay? Yes. Okay. In other words, it's the nature of the profession, and like a prize fighter. You you can't be genteel and be a prize fighter. It's a brutal, violent occupation. Mm. That's the nature of the sport. So the public schools, the state-run schools, you just have to expect them to act in this manner. It shouldn't really be a surprise to anyone. Yeah, there's uh, this what... is their nature, like you said. It's the nature of the beast. There's a uh, actually notorious quote from Albert Shanker, president of the teachers union from uh, way back that says, "I'll when school children start paying union dues, that's when I'll start representing the interests of school children." Oh. Richard, thanks for the call. 855-450 free. Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kidessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It is the live Saturday night edition with Mark. And Guard. Get your liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. Do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They have hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings. You can check those sayings out and let your voice be heard with LibertyStickers.com. I like to go over there sometimes and just look at all the, the sayings and the stickers. Genius. I, I've got one in the back of my car, as a matter of fact, from LibertyStickers.com. It says... Uh, Obama's fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. I love it. Pithy little slogans like that can be yours from LibertyStickers.com. Got lots of different stuff over there. Also, they sell in bulk in case you want to carry them in your store or put them in your, oh, I don't know, uh, yard sale or flea market booth or whatever it is you'd like to do. Mm -hmm. LibertyStickers.com. Let's go to Shadow in Huntsville. Shadow. Hey, Shadow. Yeah, I got a little confusing on my end. When I first called in, they, they, I was listening to you here, and then the guy said you weren't on yet. So then I had I was too early, so <laughs> I say, what the heck is this thing? You know? Couldn't tell you. But the thing is, you were talking about the Afghanistan and about kids or something like that. I didn't really quite catch on that. Last week? At the beginning of the show or last, an earlier program? Yeah, I, I guess it was an early program, but I thought it was a current program. So. Okay. But, well, uh, anyway, in yesterday's there, in yesterday's program, we went over um, a story where, and I'm just drawing from memory now, uh, the situation was where I believe uh, 11 people were slain in yes. Iraq in 2006 by U.S. troops, soldiers, um, and uh, secret they, documents were revealed. Yeah, secret documents through yeah. the uh, WikiLeaks stuff that showed that these uh, these people were killed. They were handcuffed and shot in the head. Yeah. Five of them were children, and one was a woman over the age of 70. It's d- difficult to imagine. What kind of insurgencies the uh, uh, grandma and the five uh, five year olds were and, and younger were doing? Mm. One of them was less than a year old. Obvious terrorist. I, I mean, I don't think that 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 one was clearly uh, handcuffed. Maybe it was zip ties or something. I don't know. It's crazy. It makes me sick. It's disgusting. Um, so shadow? yes, shadow. Yeah, I, I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, now, I've served in war, starting with Vietnam and everything, and went all the way to the end of the Cold War. And I was in intelligence work, so I've seen plenty of war out there. But what I want to know, did either one of you guys ever serve in war? No. No. Well, that's what I thought. Because some of these kids, they they set off booby traps. They help with roadside. Five-year-olds? Sniper fire. Grenades. Yeah, you can teach them. Sometimes they can throw a grenade. Oh, yeah. We know that the Viet... Wait wait a second. These kids were found with handcuffs on. Well, yeah, but U.S. troops, when they, they capture on there, you know. But see, when you're... You're here, and you're not actually in the war zone, being seen your buddies killed, and you're not in combat like that. You don't really know what's going Shadow, on. Over Shadow, there. I think we just need to get a little uh, clarity here. Um, you are aware of the circumstances under which these uh, killings were done, correct? I'm just I've been going by what you're saying right there. Right, right. The but what the, 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 the innocent people were restrained, and they, they were unarmed, and then they were shot. Okay, so we're not arguing about uh, like Vietnam would line up little kids in front of convoys, uh, you know, to protect the convoys, and Americans or, or um, other people would have to kill them to uh, get at the convoys. We're talking about intentional murder, it seems. 
So we're not we're not you know if if you're trying to make an argument that this is the vicissitudes of war, which by the way it is not a war. There is no declared war. You served in an undeclared military conflict, which is unconstitutional. And as a soldier, you swore an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. This is an undeclared military conflict, and this clearly from these cables looks pretty bad for the soldiers. Mind you, this one little thing, and then I'll let it go. Okay. If, if, if you take, remember now, before Bush went over there, millions and millions of Americans, you know, said no. People around the world said no to that war. I said the same thing, no to it. And then uh, what did Bush say? Well, I don't make policy uh, according to any focus group. So he was calling all of this trash out here. Mm. Then what did Obama say? Well, he wants to get them out. Well, he's keeping it going too. Yeah. Now the people, the reason keeping the war going over here, if the people hadn't put Obama in there and had John McCain, Vietnam vet like like me and like others, well, this thing could have been over with by now. John McCain's suggestion was to bomb, 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 bomb Iran. Um, you know, I mean, it's that's what cost him a lot of people's votes. I mean, it really was the choice between two colostomy bags um, in uh, the 2008 election. There's no doubt about it. But, um, I mean, you know, when, when one has that kind of uh, cavalier attitude towards life, I, you know, I can't vote for him. Yeah, Shadow, I understand your opinion. Obviously, we just have differing opinions, but I don't think you can reach that conclusion uh, based on an opinion of John McCain's rhetoric. Uh, And clearly, John McCain does not believe in the Constitution. He voted to send the soldiers down there under George Bush without a declaration of war, even though Ron Paul offered a declaration of war. Ron Paul got three votes. Anyone who voted for the use of military force and did not vote for the declaration of war clearly breached his oath to protect and defend the Constitution and should have been out of office. So John McCain is not a defender of the Constitution. Therefore, I would not respect him if I were in the military. Well, I believe, though, if he actually got in as president, then we'd have done the same protest like we did with Bush and it didn't work with McCain. I think it would have worked. Yeah, maybe. It's speculation. I mean, it clearly didn't work with Obama. I mean, he's still got 50,000 troops in Iraq. Um, Yeah, good point. I mean, this is is the problem. If you believe in the ideas of peace, and Shadow, thank you for the call. If you believe in the ideas of of peace, how do you vote? Because nobody in the government believes in the ideas of peace. I mean, the the war is the health of the state. And, you know, something bothers me, Mark. You and I never really got to to talk about this, I think, even off the air. But um, I had an experience, two experiences. One of them, I think, I mentioned to you and another one uh, is very similar. Uh, I ran into a soldier uh, who was in fatigues. I was in an airport and uh, we sat near each other waiting for our plane. And um, I said, oh, where are you headed? He goes, oh, I'm about to get deployed back to Iraq. And I said, I see. I said, you know, do you mind if I ask you a question? And he said, no, no, that's okay. I said, you know, please let me know if, if it's uncomfortable or anything like that. But I, I just am I'm in, I just am interested in this. You swear an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, domestic and uh, foreign and domestic. Yes. And does it bother you that since Congress is only there's only one power granted to Congress if they want the president to lead the troops and they must declare war with a capital W? And we've gone through it before in the program. Bush sent Alberto Gonzalez out from the White House and asked Congress not to declare war because they thought that by declaring war, they would have to hold these guys under the Geneva Accords. And the Geneva Accords would not have allowed them to interrogate them and waterboard them. And so 
the Congress voted for a use of military force, which is not in the Constitution. It's only a war. You either, right. It's just something made up. Right. And then we hear all these arguments of, well, these guys aren't uniformed soldiers. They're terrorists. And what are you going to do? Are you going to read them their Miranda rights? Well, that's what letters of mark and reprisal are for. Indeed. And that's why when they nailed these guys, they couldn't try them under prisoner of war status. So the Bush administration didn't want to afford them the protections of the Geneva Accords. And by doing so, they then put them into a legal path that would bring them This is how they were in. able to do um, what you know, the uh, renditions, enha- enhanced interrogations yes. and renditions, and, and these things. And Obama's still doing been, it. That would have been executable offenses for war crimes, exactly. Had they actually been um, in a war, one, but they're yeah. not. Yeah, one of the few valuable things out of I got uh, I got out of, the, out of that sorry jerk Ted Kennedy's life was a statement that he mentioned, and it was a factual statement, that a Japanese uh, soldier got 17 years hard labor for waterboarding because it was considered a war crime. Now, I asked this soldier at the airport, I said, you know, without all this other accoutrement, but it's important to bring it up on the show because a lot of people say, well, they're terrorists, and you can't declare war against terrorists. That's why you have letters of mark and reprisal. That's the only constitutional thing to do. Otherwise, if you believe in the Constitution, then you have to amend it. To allow for this sort of thing. But the Congress doesn't do it. So you get a non-declaration of war. I asked this man, does it bother you that you're operating in an unconstitutional fashion? And he looked down and he paused for a minute and he said, yeah, but I do what they tell me. Well, that's what all soldiers do. Even though they take an oath to protect the Constitution, they really do what they're told. And that's what they're trained to do. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Where's something worth saying. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Guard. Coming to you on the live Saturday edition. Free Talk Live is an interactive show. You can call in talk about what you want to talk about. We have an interactive website, too. You can go to freetalklive.com, upload sh- what stories or blog posts or whatever you want there. Uh, people can vote up your submissions. You can vote up other people's submissions. Vote them down. It's an interactive community at freetalklive.com. We do it for you, the listener. It's freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing with the Better Business Bureau. And you know how important that is with dealing with folks, folks online. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned. Get, it, uh, get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. I was actually over there. Uh, just, uh, I think it was last week, looking at uh, knives for, if I need a filleting knife for, uh, yeah. you know, taking care of processing chickens, actually. <laughs> All right. Man. <laughs> ManVentureOutpost.com. 
com. Let's go uh, right into the phone calls and put Sean in Ohio on here. Sean? Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? All's well. Hey, I just wanted to uh, respond uh, to the last caller, the uh, gentleman who is a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, trying to rationalize some kind of murder in Iraq. I read about that story, and uh, I myself served nine years in the military, and I served a tour in Iraq myself. And uh, I, I, there's absolutely no way, no reason that anybody should be murdered like that. It, it, there's no rationalization for that. I don't care what they did, setting booby traps or bombs or whatever. Yeah. I don't understand it. Well, in this case, I mean, it, it's hard for me to imagine in this house of eleven people that was uh, that they they executed the people and then called in an airstrike to oh, cover up tough. their uh, um, their actions. Yeah. How you've got, I mean, in some cases, an eight eight month old baby at eight months. I mean, eight month old baby, um, several f- uh, three year old, a couple of five year olds, a four year old, uh, a woman over the age of. Uh, of uh, 70 in her 70s uh, quite a, quite a few women actually were in this too so i mean the majority of people sound like they weren't active insurgents even if you were just going by the demographics even if you were saying all men are guilty from the ages of 15 to 55 if you were to say that the majority of the people in this house weren't didn't fit that um, description and you know i understand it's it's war and i understand that you know maybe you've had some buddies killed by these people quote unquote but isn't that the idea? Wasn't it? Weren't we "quote unquote" liberating Iraq from the bad people? And the bad people look just like the good people. So you can't say these people, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, what I was thinking is, even given his argument that these people may have been setting booby traps or bombs, could have been even given giving him that, which is very unlikely. They still didn't deserve to be shot. After they've been zip tied or handcuffed or whatever, certainly doesn't conform to the so-called uh, rules of so-called war, which they keep telling us the United States is at war. Or I'm sorry, it's always we're at war. I didn't know that I was at war, but it's always we are at war. So they're taking my money to pay for these guys to go out there, and now I got blood on my hands, whether I like it or not. Innocent people were funded through my taxes. Oh, chances are good you're not paying income tax anyway. Yeah, and deaths of innocent <laughs> people were funded through my taxes, and and you know this is this isn't a, a solitary story. You know, uh, uh, there was another story just recently about uh, you know this this commander who was uh, collecting fingers and uh, having his guys uh, kill people in Iraq. There was the uh, the story of the you know the, the kill team going around the kill in team. Af- Afghanistan exactly. just assassinating, oh, it was Afghanistan, yeah. Yeah, uh, assassinating people. Yeah, that, as a matter of fact, the finger-collecting story was in, inside of the kill team. There was yeah. the situation where the uh, the Marine claimed that his uh, commanding officer said that they would give get a week uh, furlough to – he would give a week furlough to the first person who had a bayonet kill. Um, I mean, just all kinds of – you know, I mean, this is war. And, and when, when you're talking about a situation where you choose to go kill people, yeah, people are going to be killed that shouldn't be killed. The question I really have there is, A, is this a good idea? And B, is, is supporting the troops truly supporting the mission? Because Ron Paul, the candidate that wants to get everybody, all the soldiers out of there, is the most supported candidate. I think if you combine all the donations from all of the uh, soldiers uh, that are supporting every other candidate and Ron Paul's, I think Ron Paul's beats them, yes. or it's really, really close. And this shows you how much, how much the soldiers, that soldiers truly want peace. Nobody wants peace like soldiers want peace. Chicken hawks support war. Yeah. And you, you as a caller, uh, the man who's been in the military, um, how do you see 
what we've what we've noticed you know our claims that united states involvement in the middle east uh seems to be not helping but in many cases hurting things and has been hurting things for decades which uh, as we know we know the arguments that were made by bin laden to recruit people into his islamic jihad against uh, against the west it had nothing to do with american culture it had to do with american involvement in the middle east and we see the same sort of thing uh when i was last on the program i i quoted the times square bomber who when they asked him how he pled he said i plead guilty guilty a thousand times guilty and if the united states does not stop what it is doing in the middle east more innocent civilians in america will die so you know it's it's this killing of innocent people which you know bothers us it's an unconstitutional non-declared military operation which bothers us it's hypocrisy on the part of the politicians which bothers us it's our tax money being used for something that seems to be bringing blowback on us how do you feel about it as a military guy well, yeah, I definitely see that. Um, Ron Paul was definitely right when he uh, pointed out the uh, the blowback situation. Mm. Seems to have been a, a pattern of uh, of disregard for human life and that general part of the world, or actually the world in general overall, since God before I was alive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's going to bring bring repercussions. I mean, that yeah. just. You, you so you reap what you sow. Yeah, you know, uh, when in recent past that section of the world has uh, been under the the thumb of one um, regime after another. It was first the Ottoman Turks were controlling, which is you know sort of Turkey that area, yeah. controlling all of the Middle East. I mean, the majority of it, almost almost all of Saudi Arabia and down there, sort of down into the Arabian Peninsula and that kind of thing. Then um, at the end of World War One, you saw Great Britain mostly was the one who's involved, but the United States was uh, involved. To some extent, um, from the 30s, uh, the United States got involved in like the 30s and that kind of thing. And then, of course, the CIA uh, deposing, uh, putting in the Shah of Iran, which uh, was what that uh, thing in the 70s about was yeah. about when they, um, you know, kicked him out and kidnapped those uh, American hostages and stuff like that. Well, that was a CIA op and a uh, puppet, you know, a, a puppet dictator that mm-hmm. was over um, Iran and, you know, the. The, the history, the timeline of involvement of the United States in the Middle East is long. It's decades long. Yeah. And people believe that our problem, many people believe, our problem uh, in our problems in the Middle East really began on September the 11th, 2001. But that was just them reacting to involvements of the United States government. Now, I don't think that people who died on 9-11 deserve to die on 9-11. But if you believe that this country is a is is a democracy of the people, which I don't, and I don't think that most people really believe that, they just repeat the stuff they've been told. But if you believe that, and maybe you're from the Middle East, and you think, well, yes, uh, all of these people must want this because they are the government. Right. They are the ones who vote in the government, so they they have you know they they understand what's going on. Mostly Americans don't care; they just want to drive their cars around and have cheap gas. Um, and why why should you care what's going around halfway around the world? Well, I'll tell you why because the government is doing in your name um, all kinds of things. They're supporting dictators and kings, and uh, they're they're overthrowing legitimate governments. And 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 in this this kind of violence and. Um, Meddling has repercussions. If somebody, if a country is v- being violent and meddling 
in the United States, yeah, people in the United States would want to do violent things against that country, and it wouldn't be shocking. And, you know, Mark, you brought up a little bit earlier the feudal system, and I did a podcast over at libertyconspiracy.com one time, and uh, I talked about the royal we. Because back in the royalty days, you know, when, when kings and queens were rife everywhere and dukes and the feudal system, the landed gentry were huge. Sean, thanks for the call. Oh, thank you very much, Sean. Yes. Um, uh, they, the king would, or the king or queen would refer to him or herself as we because they represented the state. The state God said they did, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the royal we was that figure. He represented the state. With supposed representative democracy, I, I did an episode called The Royal We, and they constantly tell us that the government is us, we are, and it's, which is false, first of all, but people buy it. They always say, we're in Iraq. We went to the moon. I didn't go to the stinking moon. I'm not in Iraq. I'm not in Afghanistan. But that is the way that the people in the Middle East perceive it. And then the blowback maybe. hits civilians. Maybe they did. I don't. I don't know what. Oh, they the, definitely did. I don't know what they perceive as uh, we, what they think. But I can see. I can see Americans reacting to uh, an aggressive foreign power on their turf. So I can definitely see those people reacting to an aggressive foreign power on their turf. Yeah. Good call. Free talk live eight five five four five zero free. Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. I know, I know, I know that you're not used to hearing a live Saturday show that you think the talk radio is all recorded stuff on the weekends. It's not true. It's not entirely true. It's mostly true. Not entirely true. Free Talk Live brings you live content seven days a week from 7 p.m., to 10 p.m. Now, your, your station may carry us at different times um, in different places, but uh, we are live 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Sunday at uh, freetalklive.com and a station near you. If we're not on all seven days a week, please call the station. Tell them you like Free Talk Live. Tell them to, to carry more because we have more content for them. It's Mark with you. And guard. For the, uh, the Saturday edition. And Free Talk Live is a show about anything you'd like to talk about. You can call in at 855-450-3733. Talk about whatever you'd like. We'll certainly discuss it with you. And the website's also interactive. You can go to freetalklive.com, upload any story you want to upload. People will vote it up, vote it down. It's a little little competition to see which stories can get the, the, the highest there at freetalklive.com. Go check it out. Now, this story here is is—it's kind of strange. What's this? This is how um, I, I, it's, it's like when the Germans fought the Russians in World War II. Yes. There's no good guy. No. Um, federal officials on Friday rejected Mayor Michael Bloomberg's proposal to bar New York City's food stamp users from buying soda and other sugary drinks. <laughs> With food stamps. This it's is by, the new drug. It's the new crack. <laughs> this is uh, by Patrick McGeehan from uh, NYTimes.com. The decision derailed one of the mayor's big ideas to fight obesity and poor nutrition in the city. Mayor Mr. Bloomberg, the city's health commissioner, Dr. Thomas Farley, were quick to criticize the ruling by the United States Department of Agriculture as a disservice to low-income residents. <laughs> I'm not sure that any of it is a service or disservice, okay? <laughs> I mean... 
I the rhetoric can't is so nice. buy soda that I used to be able to buy, and that's a service. Are you yeah. suggesting that's a service to me? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know they're take they're getting money as an entitlement uh, from the the taxpayer. That's a service. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm completely befuddled by the whole thing. So here. many things mixed into this. We'll there, get into. There them. is. Yeah. I, I mean, so I when I think about the food stamps, I think about charity administering, uh, administering charity, and I would think that charities, if they were administering them, that they likely would go light on the sugary drinks and the the treats and the ho-hos and the ding-dings and the the wham-whams and the hoo-hoos or whatever it is that they they might give out and they would probably give out more wholesome food yeah we're here to help you with those life-sustaining things and if you have a little extra left over yeah. your own discretionary stuff yeah maybe we'll you go ahead and you think about it yourself yeah that, that i can understand the the rationale on some people's parts if they were going to have a system like that i wouldn't but yeah, if I the soup ki- kitchen had like say extra hostess uh ding dings yeah. or something like that yeah. i shouldn't pick on hostess um uh, you know ding dings or whatever they are they <laughs> they might give give one box per family you know um here take these home the kids will have something after dinner or something yeah. like that I, yeah. I can see that i got no problem with that yeah. but you know the giving the food stamps allow people to buy whatever they want so uh, you know you, you've got the complaints that they're buying lobster well you know actually i've seen lobster at 5.99 a pound here recently so I mean, i'm not stunned by that um, it depends on where you are and whatever, but you and you have them complaining about people complaining about uh, you know folks buying uh, you know sugary drinks and all kinds of things. Well, you know, and I get it. I understand. This yeah. is these are these are our tax dollars, so therefore we really should have some kind of input in how they're spent. If we actually had some kind of voice in government, and everybody knows that you don't. Well, this is a cipher, really, for uh, what many people are seeing come down the line, and we're already starting to see in places like out in California, there are certain municipalities that have been pushing McDonald's to stop putting toys in their Happy Meals for the kids because, of course, the mentality that is coming down the pike is we're all going to be paying for your health care. Therefore, we all have a say in how you manage your own diet. Yeah. So so through this this mechanism that you can see with the food stamps, they're saying, well, we have to control what the people can buy with the food stamps because of course we're paying for their health care. They're on they're on government welfare and uh, so we're going to try to do something about this. So what do we what do we do about this? Well, personally I say, look, it's immoral to give welfare because you're taking money from someone else. It's immoral also to have this unconstitutional, and even if it were constitutional, it is still immoral, system of government health care that they're trying to impose. Well, the United States Department of Agriculture, the, it's, the, the, the Bill of Rights is pretty clear that any power not delegated to the, the government in, in, you know, in this document shall be rele- relegated to the people and to the states, Absolutely. respectively, or something Absolutely. like that. Yes. Which means that every power not given in the Constitution not named in the constitution is on um it would be you know extra constitutional which means that since the department of agriculture wasn't named in the constitution it's an unconstitutional organization all these all of these organizations that have the the little uh the alphabet soup organizations they're unconstitutional and if people think that this is some sort of great stretch all they have to do is look at what the uh food and drug administration has been doing over the past few weeks with rossum foods out in california for selling unpasteurized milk and now for god 
God's sake, they're nailing Amish people for a, quote, black market. They had a year-long sting to nail them for selling unpasteurized milk. Free market association, free individuals. So if you don't think that they're going to go after you and what you're buying in the in the stores or how much the stores can stock of a certain item, well, you better think again. And if, if uh, as particularly for those who are the left-wingers, if all you people were so upset about George Bush invading people's phone records for so-called security reasons with Verizon, then why aren't you upset by having the United States government invade my neighbor's medical records for this great and vaunted health care system, which will start to see the same things because that we're seeing in New York? Because the government knows best as long as it's not run by Republicans. Sickening. Let's go by to John in West Point, Virginia. John? John. Uh, yeah, I, I was just calling. I didn't know if you guys had uh, uh, played on your program or talked at all about the uh, invasion, the government's invasion, the Department of Justice invasion of Gibson oh. car uh, factories. Yeah. Um, 2009, they went in, uh, confiscated $500,000 uh, worth of uh, their wood for guitars and some of the guitars, and then they've just recently invaded them again. and. Um, I guess I kind of have an ulterior motive because I'm a guitar player and I'm looking at purchasing the last fall here pretty soon. But uh, I'm wondering if you guys had talked about that at all and uh, what's your impressions on that. And well, I'll take your uh, answer off the air. Hey, thank you very much for the call. It's a great question. And just as an aside, Mark, Thanks, I should John. mention uh, with that call, after I left the program here last week, I uh, hung out for quite a while listening to music with Luther and had a great time. I drove back over to another part of the state of New Hampshire, everybody, and uh, they were having a special charity uh, for cancer research funding. And so I got there towards the end of things. It was uh, towards the end of the night or it was the week before. And um and as I as I got in there, I put five dollars down for the last raffle. I won a Gibson Les Paul guitar. Wow, that's great! Yeah, and it's beautiful. And then the next day, I heard about this bust down in Tennessee. And folks, uh, Gibson just recently hired more people uh, to work there. And the story Wait, that's what the government does. Yeah. It breaks your leg and gives you a crutch. Now, when Gibson uh, you know needs to go under, they're going to get a bailout, right? Yeah, well, we'll or see. Or they're not, if they're not politically it's, connected. It's amazing I, th- to me. And and it all goes back to this thing called the Lacey Act. And uh, Gibson was visited in 2009 and had a bunch of stuff taken. And it had that, at that time, it had to do with whether or not this particular type of wood that was uh, was used by some manufacturers was still being used by Gibson. Madagascar. from Madagascar. Yes. Ash wood or something. Yes, yes. And, and now they they haven't even explained Yet they still have not charged them with something. Um, there's some well, they don't have to. They just go in. They do whatever yeah. the heck they want. And they to were do. they went in armed and they stole it's a SWAT team millions of dollars worth of. They've stuff. They've got all this SWAT equipment lying around. They've got these bulletproof vests. Well, we're going to see see Gibson. Why not gear up and give the boys a little fun to scare everybody? The market has an answer to this problem. You don't need government thugs to handle what kind of rare wood could be used or who finishes the wood in what country. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's a live Saturday edition. The Ruger LC9, compact, 
powerful and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? You can see it happening every day. Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more about Bitcoins, I think they're the next big thing on the internet. Of course, I think the internet's a fad anyway. <laughs> it's going to go, yeah, next couple of years, Facebook. No one will even ever heard of it. <laughs> We use coins.org. Go watch the video. We use coins.org. Yeah. It's Mark with you. And Guard filling in for Ian. That's right. Ian, we're on uh, day 25 of the Ian Freeman incarceration count up. I'm Ted Koppel. Tonight <laughs> on Nightline, day 25, Ian in the Who's Gal. Yeah, right. It's our uh, main host on the show, uh, the first chair host who. Uh, normally is with us here on but Monday through Saturday on Free yeah. Talk Live. He is uh, in jail for standing in front of a police car because he felt that they were arresting a woman, young woman unjustly. Yeah. Of course, he only delayed the cop 45 seconds. That didn't stop him from giving, getting 90 days. Let's go to Ryan in D.C. Ryan. Hi, guys. Um, this story happened to me out in the state of Nevada in 2008. I wish I would have called in back, back then when it happened. But um, I had a small S10 truck and a trailer, a little five by eight trailer and I had put an ad up on Craigslist and was offering uh to help people move, um, just small household goods or, or uh, you know, haul trash to the dump or whatever. Um, something I enjoyed doing. I was charging a pretty small fee for it. Um I got a call from uh what I thought was a customer setting up an appointment for the following Tuesday, uh, in which I met him at a uh at a storage facility. When I showed up on time and, and uh, was kind of ushered in and the gates closed behind me, um, two uh, plain white SUVs with, with lights in them pulled up behind me. And uh, two people, they weren't cops, they came to the to the uh, each side of my car and, uh, you know, they had badges and guns on their hips and informed me that I was the uh, subject of a sting operation. Um, apparently in Nevada, you're not allowed to transport household goods from one point in the state to another without having something called a certificate of necessity, which I later learned is uh, it's a $600 license you have to get. And it can of take course. Up, up we call it graft. Yeah, it takes up to one year to uh, to get it if they, you know, if they want to accept you or not. But uh, sure. anyway, so this way, the big they, trucking companies can keep the small trucking companies exactly. from starting up. And all the poor people won't be able to get things as cheaply. Right. And so me just being, uh, I was 26 at the time, 
uh, just trying to make a couple extra bucks. I wasn't really doing it full time at all. It was just, you know, uh, get a call here and there. Um, they So they impounded my truck and trailer uh, without a chance to get it back until I showed up for a hearing um, the, the following Thursday. So I had to wait two days while my truck and trailer sat raking up a $400 fee at the impound lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I, I draft a letter as to what I'm going to say to these people, and I'm thinking that I'm going to ha- be in front of a judge, and may, you know, maybe there will be some kind of trial or so. I don't, you know, I, I didn't know, but I get there, and it's just an office building in this big office park, uh, and I have to go sit in with uh, with all the officers, you know, who had been in, who had set this thing up. And a chairman, at first, before the chairman even got there, I was talking to some guy via uh, intercom who was in Vegas. So he was, I couldn't even look at anybody in the face while I was trying to plead plead my case. So I was facing up to uh, two $1,500 fines, one for uh, agreeing to, or advertising to agree to help move, and then agreeing to help move household goods from one point in the state to another. Because so, those are uh, two separate offenses, right? Yeah. Um, without, uh, sorry, without, uh, apologizing, I, you know, basically kissed ass as best as I could in that letter and explained my, you know, where I was coming from. And I was let off with a $500 fine and, uh, and the $400 to get your car out of the uh, impound. So a thousand dollars. And the permission slip to get my car out of the impound. Now, so. interesting. Why? What was the purpose of holding the car the extra two days in impound? I mean, what what could you have done those two days that you couldn't do the day after? Yeah, well, I think it was, you know, it goes back to, I think, RICO laws and how, the, you know, anything used in the event of a crime is able to be confiscated or, um, you know, I mean, I, I I don't know, man. It's, it it's just mind, a, but, uh, and, and the very fact that it's considered a crime is incredible. I mean, you, you, a lot of well, people consider Nevada to be like a freer type of a state, but this is clearly right, I mean, a licensing abuse. I mean, all licensing is abuse, and the states aren't even supposed to be involved with it. Uh, just to, to mention something just briefly for those who are constitutionalists out there, and I'm, I believe that the Constitution is insufficient to protect my liberties, but your case in Nevada uh, clearly falls under the contract clause, uh, which prohibits the states from impairing the obligation of contracts when they set up licensing and they don't allow you from freely engaging in a contract with someone that's an abrogation of article one section 10 of the united states constitution the contract clause but nobody pays attention to that anymore right. so it shows what the constitution's the supreme, yeah. the supreme court yeah. yeah it shows the constitution hasn't stopped this sort of thing and as mark said you know the licensing is there to prevent you the small guy from honing in on the territory of the big guys they've got plenty of money they can right. lobby the state to to put in these requirements you'll take somebody's trash to the dump for 20 bucks or yeah. something like that you call one of these companies and they're going to want a hundred and that's what it uh, all boils down to is protecting the business for the business yeah. big businesses oh, that, this, uh, that angers me that really pisses me off that story it gets me angry ryan thanks for the call uh, well, yeah transportation services authority is the name of this agency and it wasn't a, a criminal offense they were booking it as a uh 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 I can't remember. It was probably uh, a violation of something. Yeah, some kind of yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I ended up. I made one payment on the payment and uh, ran into some trouble afterwards. So I, I was never able to pay it, and they changed the five hundred dollar fine to a three thousand dollar fine, which oh. is now sitting on my credit because I refused to pay it. At this point, uh, I've wised up a little since then. 
Um, but it did uh, kind of instill in me, well, you know, more of a hatred for government, but also just anytime I feel like taking a risk and doing something, you know, now I have to question it and second guess myself, uh, mm. which really sucks living in what, you know, is supposed to be a, a, a good country. I don't claim it's a free country, but, uh, it just it really hurts people. It really hurts society. And yours is one of the law enforcement agents that do this believe that they're doing the right thing. They believe they're you know we're enforcing the law. The law must be there for a good reason. But there's all kinds of silly laws out there they don't enforce, and it's an issue of discretion. And one really has to ask. I mean, how many crimes, uh, you know, how many crimes could could they have been investigating if they weren't doing this? Yeah. If they weren't keeping free people from moving other free people's trash around for payment. What could they could they have solved, you know, that stabbing that went on a couple of months ago? Who knows? Isn't that what we really want police to do, to, to be investigating violent crimes? Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Ryan, thanks for the call. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. This is SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And guard. On the live Saturday evening edition. You know, you can hear you hear gold uh, ads for gold and and sometimes silver on radio all over the place. Even you're even seeing some on television now. It's getting really popular. People too. are waking up. People are talking about uh, getting gold, and you know it's important when you get gold to get it at the best price. Any investment, you buy low, you sell high. I Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to buy to bring you some of the best rates on gold and silver, and these are pieces that are common. Intended to get gold and silver into your hands that you can price against other companies because, you know, you call one of these companies, you don't know what they're offering you, you don't know what the rates are or anything like that. They'll try to, to screw around with you uh, by, you know, telling you about numismatic coins and all this stuff. It's gold.freetalklive.com. It's inexpensive and, or at least less expensive, the best rates you can get. And uh, makes it easy for you to comparison shop. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, let's go back into the calls here. Mm-hmm. Got Paul in Delaware. Paul. Yeah. Hey guys. What's going Great on? show tonight. Thanks. Hey, thanks. Hey, I just I just wanted to let you know that they're no longer called food stamps. They're not food stamps. Okay. It's now called an EBT card. Oh yes, the electronic. Card. Yes. What is it? It's and EBT it's card. EBT. It's a card. They slide it through. Yeah, yeah. I worked yeah. one time at, uh, at a state 
uh, sort of convenience store. It was inside of a state facility, and it was a convenience store there. And one time, one of the customers, who was a state employee, showed me this, uh, do you take these? And it was a food stamp. And she was kidding, it seemed. But I had never seen one before, and I have never seen one since. And it was just sort of this funny colored thing with a one on it. It looked like a traveler's check or something. And so I've got to say, it doesn't strike my life very much, the the whole food stamp thing. And, And now they just put them on like a car they can swipe well what it is it's like a credit card it's a plastic card and it's got a magnetic strip and they go in and my wife works for a major retailer Mm -hmm. and she says i am so sick of these people coming in well they charge they get starbucks coffee you can get starbucks with with food stamps (laughs) yes so it's just like money it's just money they can use anywhere and when I remember food stamps when from the 60s, when I was growing up, and my aunt was on them because my uncle died in the Korean War, mm-hmm. and she got a three-pound block of cheddar cheese, a bag of rice, um, flour, things, butter, that things they could eat and they could use and feed the kids, beans. I mean, it was, I don't remember how the meat thing worked, but I remember the staples and she would get them because she'd bring those three-pound blocks of cheddar cheese to our house and give them to us because she wouldn't eat cheese. And I'm thinking, man, now everybody just goes out. The only thing they're not allowed to buy with these EBT cards is prepared meals. Interesting. And, and you know, else isn't is, Starbucks a prepared? I mean, does, doesn't that qualify as prepared food? They're preparing it right in front of you, no, unless it's, it's a roll. It's coffee. It's not prepared. <laughs> Yeah, coffee well, can't possibly be prepared. It's, it's a can of what they do is they go oh. into these drugstores oh. and they buy these six packs. Oh, I see what you're saying. Starbucks. So it's I got gotcha. you. The little. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I was, know I was thinking. Yeah. You know, the 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 baristas behind the counter go. Yeah. Put you a little frothy You've got your latte, latte supremo, Gen- Genova, whatever. It shows that the household where, participation of food stamps has been for. on the rise, like hugely, in the United States. Right, and that's what we're paying for. But isn't it and interesting? Paying- isn't it interesting as you as you look at this? People will talk about, well, look at this abuse of the food stamps thing. So people are quali- qualifying, actually taking it and describing it as abuse, and they say, okay, uh, we don't want that. We don't want that, and we say, well, yeah, but you know what? The entire system is in abuse. It doesn't matter if if you're just because you seem to agree with a lot of people, and I'm not saying you. Well, let's say a listener out there is hearing us talk, and they're saying, "Yeah, that doesn't sound right. That sounds dumb. I mean, that's abuse." But you know, those staples, I could see that. Well, then if we can all see that, then why do we have to have the government involved? Obviously, putting it in the government's hands has let it get out of control. Why can't we just voluntarily say? Yeah, we'll do it for our neighbors, and we'll have a little better control over what's going to be given, and it'll be a lot less waste. I mean, if we I all understand that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, because everybody wants what to I'm, help. What I'm saying is, yeah. I don't agree with it. My wife's very mad. Oh yeah, and she sits there and she works, you know, her forty hours a week, and these people come in, and everybody knows how to work this system. Right, and that's what's going on now. Well, once it becomes they're, a job, then uh, then they work it. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Man, Paul. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, but this, you know, the problem is, it, it, can we can we draw out that that lesson to be learned? I think it's important. You know, why do people think that the only way to feed the poor 
is through the government or the best way to feed the poor is through the government or the most efficient way. It, what it does is it, it calcifies and degrades our interest in serving our neighbor properly through true charity because charity only happens through volition. It's, it's a qualitative and quantitative calculation that we make for our neighbors and it's reciprocated as we've, we've said before. That's where organizations like the Elks and the Lions Clubs and all these organizations came from because neighbor saw that neighbor was troubled. They helped each other and then it was reciprocated later. It it solidified the bonds of neighborliness. And, and if you think that, well, then everybody won't participate and help the, the poor people. You're right. Everybody won't. Yeah. But if you look at um, the percentage of what the government spends on these social welfare programs accepting uh, Social Security and, and Medicare, um, when you just look at the, 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 the sort of these social programs, you'll find that it's a very small percentage of the discretionary budget, which means that you don't need everybody to participate. You only need some people to dis- participate. And if some people participate, then it'll work fine. If you can cut out the waste, and one would suggest that the waste might be quite high, 25% of uh, insurance claims by the insurance industry are claimed to be fraud. I can only assume that we could apply Oh, at least that number to government because there aren't they don't have investigators in the government that really are incentivized to catch anybody. So let's say 25 percent is the amount of fraud. Plus, when you talk about I've heard the numbers 70 cents on every welfare dollar doesn't go to welfare recipients, but goes to employ middle class bureaucrats that administer these programs Um, uh, you know i mean you know people that in in the federal government you're talking about paychecks that can go as high as over in six figures six figures yeah that we need people to administer this stuff no have the little old ladies at the soup kitchen um, around town the food bank they would love to administer this stuff and they would do it in a much more efficient fashion and they would also make sure that these families got good food and they wouldn't get all the, the waste that was involved. It, you know, it's fine that these families have soda pops and stuff like that. I'm not saying they shouldn't have it. I'm just saying that that's something that pocket money's for. You know, I, I really appreciate what you guys do on Free Talk Live, too, as opposed to other talk radio shows, Mark. And I know I'm, I'm filling in for Ian tonight. And what I love is that you guys will get to the root of something. And, you know, we've brought up how for this is thousand, involved. Uh, people whacking at the branches. There's but one striking at the root. You Let me go to, to Fred real quick here in South Dakota. Fred? Yeah, good evening. Hey, Fred. Um, I've got a quick question. It's, I have my first, I'm a first-time caller, and I was just curious. My mother, uh, she's living right now on $800 a month mm-hmm. from the uh, SD, uh, SSD, Social Security Disability. She's truly disabled. Okay. Um, and I don't get why they tax her. On her check, she gets. Doesn't make much sense, does it? I mean, it seems the government gives you money and then wants and then to take, take it away. It. Why not just give less? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't it's like eight hundred bucks. How much less could you give? Yeah, it's like you got a you got a bunch of gangsters who have already taken some money from her or her husband or whatever, or and now they're taking it from others and and giving it to your to your mom, and then they're saying, okay, we're going to come back later, and you better give us some of that back. Fred, if you've got something more, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. We're right up against. Uh, uh, That's okay. You guys, I, I just added a just, quick comment. You're done. Okay, thanks. Thanks for the call, Fred. Appreciate it. Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three.
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Live Saturday edition with Mark. And guard. You just lean back from the, the microphone. I'm shooting up to the microphone, yes. <laughs> so I can get my name in there. You were rocking out with to the... That's that, right. That, crazy, that evil rock and roll music of those Free Talk Live guys on Saturday nights. How dare they go live on a Saturday night on the radio? They're crazy. Devil music. That Ian guy should be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Till you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. As a matter of fact, it works in courts all across the world. As a matter of fact, any of them that use the uh, English common law system costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the four CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. I've taken this course. It's a great course. I recommend it to everybody, anybody who has any kind of dealings with uh, the judicial system, whether you want to uh, take a take a ticket to court and fight it. I mean, obviously. I mean, um, when if they're not going to stop handing out frivolous tickets if people just keep on paying frivolous tickets. So I take them all to court. I don't believe in plea bargaining. I think plea bargaining is, uh, and that's essentially what paying the fine is. Plea bargaining is only good for criminals and shiftless government bureaucrats, our servants, as it were. Mm. Uh, if you actually believe that, um, I don't believe that. I believe, in fact, we are their servants, and that's the the true order yes. of things. They just pr- yes. pretend to be our servants. But this stuff isn't going to change unless you do something about it. Jurisdictionary arms you with a way to do that. Go check it out, jurisdictionary.com. There's lots of free tools and um, that kind of thing there for you. And, of course, the course. Buy it at jurisdictionary.com. When you do, use the pull-down menu mentioned Free Talk Live. That will be convenient for us. Again, it's jurisdictionary.com. Going on with this article from uh, New York Times, we're talking about, uh, I guess, the USDA has banned Mayor Bloomberg's plan to... Uh, ban the use of food stamps to buy soda and other kinds of sugary drinks. Those corn sweetened drinks. In, um, right. And this is, and you're pointing to yes. a really important aspect of this is the USDA is a governmental agency uh, that has, it, it owes a great deal to the agriculture industry. Uh, the government itself, I mean, you know, the farm, farmers get all kinds of uh, kickbacks and, and benefits and things like that. And many of the rich will have. You know, small farms on their palatial estates, you know, a beehive, call it a farm, and uh, wham! Oh, my taxes know, are my, suddenly lower. I'm getting money for this. A tenth this. of what they were or something like that. Yes. And this is – those of us in the middle are having a heck of a time paying our bills in this down economy. The rich are doing fine. The poor are – you know, I mean, I'm not saying they're doing well or anything like that. They're certainly not, but – they're getting the, the, the government kickbacks. More Americans are on food stamps than ever before. You know, to me, this is a systemic problem. It's not about food stamps to me, although I think that you could 
talk about ways that it could be done better. And how is the system rigged towards those people who would rather not see a ban on sweetened right. sodas. It's so, rigged towards sodas. Uh, sodas are sweetened with corn syrup. Corn syrup. Corn is the the you know one of the biggest crops in the United States. It's not the biggest cash crop. The biggest cash crop is marijuana. marijuana. That's because the government has made it illegal. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's a big cash crop, no doubt. And why you know the USDA is beholden to these farmers. Of course, uh, the USDA is a government agency. The government's beholden to these people. Everybody's got their hand in somebody's pocket around here, and in the end. All the money comes from, you know, those of us, the taxpayer, those of us who are paying taxes. And, you know, even when you try to make something more efficient, this um, in this case, I'm I'm no big fan of Michael Bloomberg, by the way. No. Uh, But in this case, he's trying to help people um, and, you know, I guess make this program more efficient in some way, way, shape or form. And isn't but isn't this interesting, Mark, because on the surface of it, on a superficial talk show and, you know, I don't want to pat you guys on the back here. You know, the audience is is great. You guys know how in-depth they get into issues and so on. But on a superficial talk show, you might just hear them mention how Michael Bloomberg wanted to uh, stop uh, welfare recipients who were getting food stamp EBT cards from buying sodas. Isn't that stupid? But, you know, there's there are multitudinous vectors that contribute to this one simple story and those are let's see we've got unconstitutional welfare program we've got health worries for a system which is now not only more than half government run as it right. stood before it's, last year it's on year. the train tracks to being 100% it's going to be run. exactly so then you have people wanting to busybody your life and regulate what you eat what you drink how foods will be made uh, how they'll be presented, uh, whether or not they'll be uh, things that attract children to them, because, of course, the children can just invent money in the air and buy their own food. All of those considerations come from this lineage of health care missteps going all the way back to the 1930s when FDR imposed wage and price controls on businesses, unconstitutionally doing so, and businesses started to offer non-monetary compensation like health insurance. Third-party payments start coming in. Ted Kennedy introduces tax reforms for uh, companies that get HMOs. The whole thing is a Byzantine government mess. So you've got that. Then you've got the corn growers and their interests to conti- to have the sodas continue to be bought because the corn growers get a lot of money by excluding foreign sugar. And, for example, Cuban sugar, Brazilian sugar, they they block Cuban sugar. They put a high tariff on Brazilian sugar. Why? Because ADM, Archer's Daniels Midland, the corn conglomerate, lobbies the government to make it more expensive for soda makers and bread makers and anybody using sugar, including you, to buy foreign sugar. So it raises the price of the sugar, yep. which makes the corn sweetener relatively more appealing to use in, in their products. So we and have all the these spiral. government problems mixed together here. This is the spiral. Yes. This is how it goes. Government, by its nature, this is what it does. It breaks your leg and hands you, hands you a crutch. <laughs> and this is how it all spirals downward from what was... Uh, I don't even know. I'm not prepared to say that the United States was a free nation, but certainly um, it was freer at one point. It became powerful by having um, its hands off of people's business more so. You know, there's a lot of arguments to be had about uh, freedom for, you know, ethnic groups and things like that in the past. But, you know, leaving that alone, just talking about economic freedom, there was there there tended to be more of it in the past. And it's spiraling downward. We're moving from a more free nation, economically free nation to something that 
is you know the sort of socio-fascist uh, uh, corporatist state. And you know the fewer decisions that individuals can make in their own lives regarding how they'll spend their own money, uh, whether it be on a, a, a product for themselves or for charity, uh, the less often we can see real strides in living standards increasing. The less often we'll see productivity. The less often we'll see new jobs being created in areas that are really helping people. Instead, what you have are politicians choosing to take people's money from this generation and the next generation and the next generation and spend it in areas which, as we've seen just the past couple weeks, oh, I see a solar power company goes defunct even though they got half a billion dollars from the federal government out in California. Yeah, that was These, the one that uh, Obama was there saying, this is great company, solar right. power, so they might as well initiatives. Now, not only have they been digging ditches and filling them back up with dirt because yeah. they've got nothing productive to show for it, but they have utilized resources in the real world, time, natural resources, energy, and money that could have been used in other ways that we will never, ever see. The marketplace is far more efficient. It is the most efficient mechanism for distribution of wealth, uh, distribution of services, distribution time. of people's time yes. and their energy and their yes. labor. And the natural resources. And, the, and natural resources. It's yeah. the best mechanism for this. I'm not saying it's perfect. I am saying it's the best. Yeah. And the government doesn't – cannot distinguish between a hole in the ground and its own anal orifice. I mean it, it, it cannot tell these things. And the idea that the government should be directing the marketplace is absolutely ludicrous and really only put out by people who would control others. Tiny little Hitlers, tiny little uh, central planners that wish to – you know, tell other people how they should live and how they should get by. And it always, always results in inefficiencies that cost people. It's, it's it, you know, immoralities that cost people their energy and their time and their lives. The government only has one trick. It is a single one-trick pony. I suppose there's two tricks. Government uses violence in, uh, you know, kidnapping people, uh, harming people, pointing guns at people. Stealing from steal, them. Stealing from them. And, but it's the threats of violence is yeah. truly where it, it actually uh, has its power. Because you know that it'll come down and it will do this thing to you if yeah. you do not obey in this way or that way. And, you know, some people will tell themselves, well, the government's good and that's why we must not be bad and therefore not be punished. And I suppose you can say that, but it, it, it doesn't take very long looking into the situation when you find, oh, in fact, the government does many bad things. And how many bad things does an agency have to do in order to be a bad agency? I know we send a man to prison for one bad action. If you do one bad thing, you'll get sent to prison for it. A government does one bad thing and ah, people just dismiss it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free 
Talk Live, 855-453. This is SACL toll-free call-in line here on our live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Guard. You know, I, Free Talk Live is one of the few shows that brings you a live Saturday show. So, uh, you know, give us a call. We can talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about here on Free Talk Live. That's what we do for a living, but certainly we talk about uh, other show prep in the meantime. Gardner? Yes, my friend. How come... On Free Talk Live, we spend so much time talking about public officials being filmed by the public while they're (laughs) earning public money on public property and people going to jail for it, having their cameras confiscated, having their uh, their footage erased, uh, having their their cell phones destroyed, uh, being hassled, harangued (laughs) and treated like criminals for filming the police and other government bureaucrats. Why do we spend so much time talking about that here on Free Talk Live? It's it's incredible how much time is dominated by talking about these types of, of wrongdoings and other types of, of uh, evil doings. Um, if if and, we really had public servants, yes, would servants do those things to throw us in jail and destroy our stuff for filming what they're doing, keeping an eye on them? Because, you know, I've heard that they have these babysitter cams that, uh, you know, keep an eye on your your kid and yeah. uh, the babysitter there at the house. And I've never heard of the babysitter destroying the camera, uh, throwing people in jail for it or anything like that. I'm I'm thinking that maybe public servants aren't really our servants. I You know, it's kind of funny, but I think somewhere along the line, people seem to have bought into a fraud. And I think it goes all the way back to John Locke, who in the second treatise of government, upon which the United States government was supposedly founded, said that uh, you have the right to your life and your liberty, and governments are supposedly formed to protect that life and liberty, and people voluntarily give up a portion of their their property so that they can get the protection of the police force to stop people from stealing from them. But then, just a little bit later, he said, and by people by by people freely choosing to give up their property, I mean um, uh, by by an individual, I mean uh, the the majority deciding. Yes. And so he, he immediately cuts himself under there. So this is so if you think you're going to be protected by the government. And you buy into that. It's the majority is going to going to mess with you. And the then founding it just documents, gets worse. Uh, all of all, all the uh, you know the, the Constitution here in New Hampshire, one of the original uh, constitutions. I think it was actually before written before yeah. the Constitution of the United States. Yeah. It says that uh, you know that the people that, that that they have to give their consent to be governed. Yeah. But by the people, they mean all of the people must consent to give their to, to be governed, and then you know their representatives decide how they're governed in a fashion. By the way, that they cannot, uh, you know, film or you know, keep an eye on uh, their representatives. Uh, you know, then hire people to enforce these rules, whom you can't videotape and uh, you know, can't talk about. You know, I, I'm thinking this whole consent thing is a bunch of bull hockey. It is absolutely bogus, bull hockey. Well stated, <laughs> and uh, we have many examples. There's another example out of Illinois. And um, I say that, yeah, they love I, that when you when the the Illinoisians, yeah, they, they, hate they that. love it when you when you go. Illinois. I do it intentionally because yeah. it's such a police state. It just drives me <laughs> up the wall. And uh, of course, Abraham Lincoln came from Illinois and he was a big fraud, too. But, you know, a lot I of people don't know that have yet to figure out exactly what you call people from Illinois. I, I, I've heard Illini, Illini, yeah. but I've heard other people from Illinois Illini. say that, in fact, that's not what you call them. So, you know. 
I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't suppose know. the internet knows, but it, it really doesn't matter. Let's go on with this. <laughs> yes, story. certainly. And uh, so here's here's a, a great example of it, and we see this all the time. Uh, there was just an Ohio congressman who uh, had police officers steal people's phones in a public meeting. And as Mark says, these are public officials. These are people who get your money whether you like it or not. And why do we bring this stuff up? Because um, we're trying to draw attention to the fact that these aren't just isolated, isolated incidents. Uh, these are systemic, and they will sprout up all the time when you have a government system that can take your money anytime. And, Mark, I was just going to mention uh, before I get into the story from Illinois um, that these stories about police taking your, your camera equipment or a state representative in a, in a, in a room having uh, the police take your picture, your picture-taking equipment away, at least what, what's fascinating is even in Nazi Germany during the Beer Hall Putsch, they got photographs. I'm not even sure what the beer hall putsch that is. Was, that was uh, Hitler's big first first uh, move for power. Gotcha. Uh, and there are photographs but, of it. But at that point, he's uh, he's as a candidate running. You can take yes. all kinds of pictures of candidates. Yes, that's true. If true. you're in New Hampshire, you're just lousy with uh, with the presidential <laughs> candidates. They're all over. They're coming to your house. They're asking to stay for dinner. Um, you know, Selling whatever you they vacuums, can do. Yeah. Whatever they can do to get your attention. And you can take pictures of those guys all the time. Unless you're Dave Ridley. Your dote, uh, when you, they want your vote. Yeah. Well, that wasn't either. You know. Vice president uh, there trying to drum up some support at a hotel, and the next thing you know, David Lee is being arrested because he's not walking away fast enough. Well, you know, they. Um, they I, I think that particular instance is unlike those candidates that aren't in office. Probably right. Probably Once they're right. in office, they they feel they deserve more. Uh, you know. B- Less attention. You know, no, you, I only get filmed by people who have news credentials. Yes, yes. Well, here's here's an instance out of Illinois. Uh, it says here, Illinois, Illinois. man. <laughs> yes. Illinois man faces 75 years in prison for recording police. Gee, what a surprise. A 42-year-old Illinois man named Michael Allison is facing 75 years in prison for recording police. This, of course, just days after the First District Court of Appeals upheld the right to record police actions in public in the case Glick versus Cunniff. And then we've spoken about sure, that is, here. That's the first, Massachusetts case. The First Circuit Court, which first is uh, circuit, in, yeah. in the New England area yes. as opposed to this, which right. is uh, in Illinois. Yeah, and, and what gets me about this is as outside the First Circuit, you're going to see these people are going to push and push and push until it finally goes to the Supreme Court. They're going to do everything they can as long as they can to say that the wiretapping statutes, which specifically state – and by the way, the federal wiretapping statutes are also very questionable constitutionally. They, they're saying that the wiretapping statutes make it illegal for someone to record a police officer. Um, but the wiretapping statutes right, but intended, don't apply in public areas. Right, wiretapping statutes private were in, conversations. Inten- intended to be you know used in the situation of people talking on the telephone who believed right. uh, reasonably believed that they were not being recorded. Exactly. It is not reasonable to believe when somebody's standing in front of you with a video camera that you're not being recorded. Exactly. Only a moron would interpret that way. Exactly. And to suggest that that you have the right as a public servant on public property earning public money to tell somebody to turn their camera off shut up and do your job civil servant unbelievable mr allison michael allison recorded video of illinois police visiting his mother's home to investigate his unregistered vehicles allison recorded the police without their consent while they fined him and impounded on his, his vehicles. own property exactly he now faces 75 years in prison for these videos as well as if those they didn't recorded. want to be filmed they could have left yes Yes, they oh, could have left. They could have they, just turned around and walked away. They could have 
exactly. It's his property. If they're n- unhappy with it, then what they can do is not be public servants and not be on the public dole right. because everything I mean, they, they do every is public record. Not to be filmed. Right. But what they want to do is they 75 years. This guy's going to get a life sentence for filming these public servants, quote unquote public servants. They're, exactly. Uh, and as as Mark said at the beginning of the show, they're not public servants. We're their servants. Yeah, they're really not public servants. So and and you know, I would love for someone to try to provide for me a rationale that says, okay, people who are being paid for... With- In what circumstance should a cop be... Uh, you know, Is it reasonable that a cop not expect to be recorded? I mean, as as the public, I'm not talking about you know what criminal activities, but why should why would cops reasonably expect not to be recorded? Anything? How does this prevent right. them from doing their job better? I think they should all have cameras on them, be required to have it at all times. And that that video, if if it's and it should be streamed to the internet so that people from that town can watch it. The ones paying their freaking paychecks. Let's right. go to Matt in Illinois, just real quick here, Matt. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. What's happening? Um, I just wanted to let you know that you call an Illinoisan an Illinoisan. Illinoisan? Not a Illini? An Illini is a member of an Indian tribe. The Illini were, were, the, were the main Indian tribe in Illinois when the white man uh, decided to uh, start settling this. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It yes. was a major Indian tribe. Yeah, the fighting Illini, of course. Gotcha. You know well, about. there you go. Uh, Illinoisan. Thanks for the thanks, call, man. Matt. And and uh, you know, Mark, the thing that gets us, uh, gets me really ticked off about this is, even if you think that there is an argument, this is all money that's being taken from people. So you're going to have all different opinions about this. Maybe what would allow us to agree and stop arguing with each other over these types of rules would be get rid of the government-run police force. So we're not arguing about how it works. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark with you. Vanguard. And you can call in about, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. We've been talking about, uh, well, a myriad of things this evening, including um, the filming of of police officers here uh, recently. And if you've found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes, would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org, and you can, fi- you can find out what's happening here in New Hampshire because, frankly, everybody – you know, people that care about liberty being around the nation complaining about this thing or that thing the government's doing isn't working. 
No. It, the Tea Party is not electing people who are, uh, you know, apparently uh, actually looking to shrink the size of government. Uh, they certainly don't have any. You know, they're, they're all voting for the, the warfare welfare state, at least the warfare state. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, do, I am not hanging my hat on the uh, Tea Party. I can assure you of that. As a matter of fact, Free State Project's been around a lot longer than the, the Tea Party. Go check it out at freestateproject.org. Again, it's freestateproject.org. Gardner? Yes, sir. Go on with the uh, story, if you would. Okay. Um, before, before we uh, took our, our, our chat with some of the folks who back us up in the advertising world, um, we were talking about this story of an Illinois man who, despite the First Circuit Court's decision days earlier that it was 100% constitutional to record police officers, public officials doing public work, uh, that the police officers had no expectation of privacy in any way whatsoever, um, that it was not a violation of the um, the um, wiretapping statute, and it was a First Amendment right. A 42-year-old man in Illinois named Michael Allison faces 75 years in prison because he videotaped police officers coming onto his uh, mother's property to impound his vehicles. Uh, he's being prosecuted under the government eavesdropping wiretap laws, and uh, he's in a lot of trouble despite the fact that on August 26th, there was a case decided in the First Circuit, which is not the Illinois area, the First Circuit the First Circuit case of Glick versus Cunniff. It doesn't really matter. Conwell. I mean, it's still precedent, and Absolutely. the Supreme Court may or may not hear it. If the Supreme Court hears it, that means that they're more likely to overturn it if they right. don't hear it. I mean, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine a thinking person, and I'm not talking about people that represent the police unions and police chiefs, because I frankly don't think that these guys uh, are representing the, the public interest in any way, shape, or form. No but I can't imagine, well, all they want is no accountability. Um, but I can't imagine that a thinking person is going to say, yes, uh, that, that free people should not be able to uh, film public servants doing the public will while being paid public money on public property or their own private property. Yeah. I can see why somebody would not be able to come up, say, um, you know, one up my driveway if the cops have been called on a domestic dispute and film that if I haven't given them permission. But. That is the only way that I can see this. This the, is the only the reason he, I can the see cops. It. And this is a question I would have. I, I would go just a little step further, because as I think about it, it's like, look, anytime a police officer is working and this this is going to strain some people's credulity, uh, they're going to say, no, nah, I, I don't agree with that card. Some of them have to do private stakeouts and things like that. And this is where we run into problems. That's why I am a free market volunteerist, a free market anarchist, uh, because uh, I believe that. If someone's tax money is being taken from him, he has a right to know what is being done with that money at every moment. It doesn't matter whether they're on some super secret stakeout or they're trying to nail some bad guy that we would think would be a great thing. If I might disagree with them, I might say, hey, you know what? You got you to let the cops do the thing. They're trying to rescue a kid or whatever. But if somebody else has had his money taken and he wants to know what the cops are doing at that second, he has a right it seems I, I can I can see the point. I can see why it they makes wouldn't it be non-functional. Do, right, it makes it non-functional, exactly. and they wouldn't be able to do what they're doing. Right. And they would have to really the, the when it all boils down to it, it's the funding. Yes, it's the way that it's they how, get their yes. funding. Right, and which means that morally, they may be doing the right thing. Exactly, and I'm gonna you know I'm gonna back them up when they're doing the right thing. It's just really about how they get their money. The let's means, to, the ends don't justify those means. Let's talk to Ty in Tennessee. Ty, hey, good evening. Hey, I was gonna talk about labeling, you know, how um, 
we use the words like libertarian or voluntarist or even anarchist, we have certain ideas that pop into our head, which are totally different than other people that uh, that do not uh, I can tell subscribe you, to those names. I never use the term anarchist. Yeah, and when it's a uh, tough guard, one to use. Gu- guard uses it, I wince. And it's, um, it's frustrating it's because it's been, it's, it's been corrupted. Anarchist, strictly speaking, means someone who supports the removal of government. But in the it, 20s, it, it, it was means, destroyed because by no all the violence. And no one can be without a ruler because one must rule oneself. So it is, a, it is an inaccurate statement. One might be an autoarchist, um, well which, stated. Which, is not, uh, which is not a term that has any you know, sort of meaning to anybody. But an anarchist is an impossible state. Um, I, I think that may, maybe anarchists are, in fact, uh, the, the Europeans that throw Molotov cocktails at people. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I am certainly not one of those people. I would not use the term capitalist either. I think it's, it's loaded. Been, yeah, and it was, it was coined by Marx. So, yeah, you bring – I'm sorry, we're jumping in, but, yeah, please continue, though. All right. The, the, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is, you know, we like, – like you're just talking about well, what – what the common use of anarchist is is wrong, and here's what it is. I think that the the other side of the coin. I'm trying to put it on the other side of, of other folks, you know, that have an opposite political idea from mine, like socialist. When we say socialist, we have a certain idea of what that means, and, and to my mind, you know, I kind of, I think of like state socialists, people who want to uh, redistribute wealth and stuff like that. But if I you frankly, ask a socialist what they are, I think that they would have a totally different definition. A, sto- a socialist would be that uh, would be a person that believes that the state owns the mean- means of production, and by that they mean administers everything um, from you know the making Actually, of cars. I don't think that's true, Mark. I don't think that's true. If you ask them, uh, a socialist, the ones that consider themselves to be true socialists, don't think the state should have anything to do with it. Yeah, there you are know. Yeah, see, that's that's one of the problems that I've run into. You remember uh, Howard Zinn, right? You know, the the political professor from Boston University. He used to uh, describe uh, people's history of the U.S. or something. Yeah, like that. people's history of the United States. And you know, I I I met him, and I found his his thinking inconsistent, and I I just never really took him seriously. His book has some some positive uh, value to it, but it's really not that well uh, footnoted and marked, and so on. But the thing that gets me is uh, he was of a group of people at Boston University that used to term themselves socialist anarchists. And um, the thing that bothered me was that, uh, as Mark indicates, the the popular term socialism um, is not what we would really term societal socialism. Societal socialism is voluntarism. Society is separate from government. The socialists that I understand today are the ones who would like to use some form of the government mechanism to stop private property from being held in private hands. That is a socialist. They want all private property eliminated. And I know I'm drawing a broad brush, but this is, to me... But private property doesn't even exist. I mean, that's the thing, is the socialists, uh, you know, socialists have some kind of distinction, but in fact, there is no private property. It has to be prevented from getting into hand, into individual hands, which immediately negates the ability of the individual to even exist to make his well, own decisions. But I'm saying right now is if I don't pay my, my annual rent on my property to the people who clearly own it, because I have to pay them yearly to live there, they'll take it away from me. That just makes me an, a renter with a strange uh, lease agreement. In other words, your property taxes. Indeed. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? 
while you spend them. Of course, spendbitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From spendbitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend bitcoins, go to spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Here on the Free Talk Live's Live Saturday edition, incentives matter. Professor Angela Dills explains that incentives help economists predict individual behavior. What's difficult is determining all the ways that a policy affects people's incentives and change people's behavior. This two-minute uh, video really helps lay some of the foundations for the ideas of liberty. And you should go watch this video at learnliberty.org slash FTL. Show it to your friends and family. Share it on your Facebook. It's a great video. Incentives matter at learnliberty.org slash FTL. While, you, while you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights, yes, I did say free online continuing education <laughs> at learnliberty.org slash FTL. Let's go back to Ty um, in Tennessee. Ty? Hey, I just wanted to bring something else up. Uh, Frank from New York called in again and, and brought something else up that I, I talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, he said something about Ron Paul uh, not having uh, passed any laws and that that's some sort of a negative grade on his effectiveness. Oh, and just as a legislator, and I just wanted to point out that the answer to that is that the real effectiveness is how much legislation, ha bad legislation, has he prevented? I don't know that he's prevented no. that much either, frankly. I mean, oftentimes it'll be the vote will be there 434 to 1 um, in, in, in Washington more yeah, times if, than, than not. I mean, but it's all you can do is vote vote your conscience and vote no. And they call Ron Paul Dr. No for a reason. And I, I fully support a politician that's willing to say no to things that he considers to be unconstitutional, whether he likes them or not. He, he's, if they're unconstitutional, he won't vote for them. And that's what they all should be doing after swearing an oath to the Constitution. Yeah, the, the practicality of it only comes after you uh, you acknowledge the nobility of standing up amongst that uh, that sea of of just criminals and uh, standing up for, to principle. And uh, I I think you know hats off to Ron Paul if somebody's going to get involved with government that that he you know did what he he has done for so long it must be a really lonely existence you know. Yeah, but see, it, it shows uh, the mindset that statists have yes, that towards, in order yeah. to show effectiveness, you have to create laws. Yes. Well, in order, you know, when you create laws, you are either forcing somebody to do something they don't want to do, or you're preventing somebody from doing something they want to do and should have a right to do. Hey, I made a point so, a while back over at the Liberty Conspiracy podcast uh, about how. I think that the place where society went wrong was moving away from the common law of many European countries, particularly British common law, uh, and then having the laws written down. Because organically, I think, you know, we people generally like to maximize pleasure and minimize pain around other people who like to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. They tend to come up with agreements 
people who cheat them, people who hurt them, they exclude those people. Those people are pushed away. People tend to come up with agreements about robbery, theft, physical violence, and things like that on their own. That's where the British common law came from. Once you start having a select group of people write down those laws and you call them lawmakers, things start to go wrong because then they start to write new laws that favor certain people, that do certain things, and it all starts to unravel. And I think your point is excellent. Why is it that people look at how many laws someone has gotten gotten written, this whole idea of we can't have government gridlock? Yeah, hell yeah, we want government gridlock. Because the more government is Belgium's there... Belgium's been doing fine without its national government exactly, for going on a year now. Exactly. And and your point not only is, is a, a current example, a practical example of it, but it has very deep-set political, philosophical, historical roots that we can draw back to people and say, look, here's the problem. Don't give a group of people with the monopoly on force the ability to allow themselves to impose themselves even more on people. Get rid of that entity called government, and you will find that people will come up with their own rules that work just as well and, in fact, work better than the way government does it. Yeah, that's why we now have statutory laws that are immoral. Yes. So the whole idea, the original idea of law was to have some kind of codification of morality. Right, and that's a mistake. That's the problem. Everybody, universal morality. Right, and you don't need it. At That's the very the least, at the very least, if we were going to take a step in this direction, you modify the Constitution. To, and of course, if you do modify the Constitution, you have to do it through a constitutional convention, practically yeah. speaking. And if that's the case, then the whole thing goes out the window. But if the, the very idea that they pass laws by majority vote creates this two-party duopoly that we have, uh, that that you know, create that it, that has so much gridlock in, in it in the first place. If a law is good, they should be able to get all five hundred. 135 of the drunken sailors in Washington, D.C. to agree on it. I mean, can't we all agree murder's bad? Can't we all agree rape's bad? Can't we all agree robbery's bad? Uh, It it shouldn't be that difficult to get them all on board. And if they do, then we don't need them because they're supposedly... This is the thing. This is the, the giant logical impasse that statists end up running into. If they think that government represents the will of the people... And that the government is going to pass the laws that show that the people are so good. Well, if it represents the will of the people, you don't need the government to do it because the people can do it themselves. That's, that's the point. Ty, thanks for the call. Right. Yeah. What's that? All right, thanks. Thank thanks, you, man. Great call. Great Good call. Job. Yeah, you know, we see these we see these examples, Mark, uh, whether we're looking at the, the police officers in Illinois, and that brings into question who wants the police doing this, who wants the police doing that. And then people start to ask us questions. Well, how would you do it if you didn't have the government forcibly taking people's money? And we always run into that question. Sure. It's a great – it's a very, very valid question. And if you look at it historically, there have been great examples yep. of societies that existed without that sort of force because they had those common interests. The American West was a relative yeah. – uh, yes. libertarian place yeah. um, you know I mean you, you had usually a, a, a sheriff who was the keeper keeper of the jail and things like that and maybe did a certain amount of law enforcement but a lot of law enforcement was done by what the Pinkerton company and other co- um, competitors of them fr- from a private standpoint and it was more of a security agency to secure people and you know I mean these are these are ways that people this is what people truly want yeah. people want security and they're willing to trade well everything 
to get it. And then you end up with nothing because you don't have the security because government isn't responsible in the same way that the government knew about the 9-11 attackers. But it happened anyway because they can't get out of their own way because they're incompetent and bureaucratic. And so, I mean, they you trade everything, all of your freedoms, because once it can have one of them, it can have them all. Yeah. A government that can take one freedom from you can take every one of your freedoms. You know, uh, it, it, you did you have you read the book The Hunger Games yet? Have I you don't read books. Okay, well, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm working you, on. He uh, is a very well-read man, actually. Yes, uh, yeah. um, and I have not great read with the Hunger history. Games, whatever that might be. Uh, not to give too much away, but you know, we often talk in economic terms about the tragedy of the commons, and the tragedy of the commons exists in everything that the government runs uh, and any it, essentially the idea is anything that's commonly owned property um, a, a particular uh, anything force, the government has anything the government runs common. right yes it's held in common it pits us against each other and and, and it, it prompts us to overutilize that resource so once the government starts paying for it, well, we're all paying for it, so we're all going to get what we can out of it. Sure. So, for example, out in the western lands, the government owns the, the forest land, and what, what happens, they rent it out and people strip cut it. it the privately owned land is select cut. Uh, all sorts of examples abound, right? Well, there, here's, here's a, a better example is in England at one point, um, you know, the forest land was just considered common. Nobody owned yeah. it. And people would go out there and they'd hunted, hunted it barren. Yes. So there was no animals in it. The kings would reserve certain forest areas so that they could have uh, creatures to hunt. (laughs) And, of course, their land had some creatures on it, except for the poachers would come in there and poach the land and that kind of thing because they were uh, without, uh, you know, without the ability to eat. So, I mean, this is just part of it. I'm not saying that the people should starve while the kings hunt by no means. I just think that every man should own his own property. And that way, you know, you'll see more wealth created. You won't see these situations where the common area is destroyed. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. We crazy? I'm not. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line. If you call, well, maybe we can slip you in. We'll see. It's the uh, the final segment here on the live Saturday edition with Mark. And Guard. You know that cigarettes will, well, there's a much better chance that cigarettes will kill you than if, you know, if you don't smoke them. Hmm. You've probably been thinking about, excuse me, giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier, in fact. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will already save around $120 a month by switching to the e-cigarette. And Vaporsmiths e-cigarette is of the highest quality compared to many of them out there. There's sort of these chintzy things that uh, have small vaporizers and they just, you know, they're made as cheaply as possible. Uh, Vaporsmiths made of the high – you can hold it in your hands and it has substance and weight. Um, and you can get a free starter kit. You can get that free starter kit by going to Vaporsmiths.com and using coupon code FTL by, to purchase 40 cartomizers, the little things that contain the nicotine in the vaporized form or whatever. And you'll get free shipping since it's, uh, I think it's $69 and the order, um, you get all, all orders over 60 bucks get free shipping. So go to Vaporsmiths.com or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. If you are a smoker, you need to do this for yourself, Vaporsmiths.com. Let's go, Gardner. Let's go to yeah. Pat 
in Fargo. Pat. Yes. Okay, I'm calling, uh, as I said, because it seems like either you or somebody there seems to be kind of negative towards Tea Party people. Oh, I don't know everybody in the Tea Party, but I, I, I think the Tea Party has been uh, co-opted by basically Republicans. Well, uh, I, I am a Tea Party patriot, and I write Tea Party patriot poetry. Okay. Poetry? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask you before you go on, what, what do you mean by patriot? Well, sorry, that's I, a complicated term. I'm sorry to bring it up, but I have to. Okay, well, uh, I'm a member of the Oath Keepers. I've served over 20 years in the military. So do you and, mean that by being patriotic, you mean you you have a certain view of the Constitution and you would like to stick yes. to that sort of thing? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, I don't know if you'd let me read this or not. I, uh, You know, I don't think poetry example. speaks to the heart of, uh, of, of talk radio. Um, I, I prefer whatever. Well, this would. All right, go ahead. Is it short? Okay, it's called Cutting the Government Is it short? That's what it's all about. Wait, wait. Is it short? Okay, how long? How many words is short? How many lines is is, is it? Uh, Five, six. uh, Probably, well, I'll just read the first part, and then I'll stop. Sounds reasonable. If you want me to read the rest, okay? Good deal. Since the government stops, stops listening, our revenues will be missing. When we start trading service, it makes government nervous. Since they don't want to listen, they're not sure what they're missing. Now, listen to a story about past days of glory, when a person could find a need, turn it into a deed, and call it a job. The government wasn't there, but they still want their share when there is profit in the air. (laughs) Now, that communication's all set, I'd be willing to bet, that a barter system would make Uncle Sam sweat. <laughs> They'd be out of the loop and unable to snoop. If it was done on large scale, their taxing would fail. But that's not the intention. We just want Uncle Sam's attention that we're not being heard. And I'll stop there. Hey, I like that's it, Pat. Great. I really do. Yeah, it's um, nice, Pat. I've got to say, I don't want Uncle Sam's attention. I want Uncle Sam to go back to Washington, D.C., take the whole thing, float it off into the Potomac, and out into the Atlantic. I don't want his attention anymore. Hey, Uncle Sam is a bad guy. Sounds like a good idea. Hey, Pat, let me ask you a question as a Tea Party guy. Um, you know, I, I found that as a, as a free market guy, free market libertarian, we have so much in common regarding removing the tax burden on Americans, removing the regulatory burden on Americans, uh, trying to eliminate some of the police state things that have been happening here and there, destroying, getting rid of the Federal Reserve, which has been destroying the value of our money. Um, but we, we don't seem to have some commonalities in certain other areas that I think actually uh, help bring about a police state thing. And as you personally, I'd like to get your, your thoughts on this. A lot of the Tea Party folks seem to think that they need to get, even though they're in favor of small government, they want the federal government to crack down and do something about these illegal immigrants who are stealing American yeah. jobs. Um, yeah. At first, I find that inconsistent because they seem to think, A, that there's a constitutional place for the federal government to do it, and it is not. It's up to the states, and yet they call themselves constitutional patriots. And I'd like to address that. And also, B, um, the economics of immigration, um, do, would you like to have the federal government invade businesses? And isn't that building a police state as well? So well, constitutional, okay. constitutional. The first couple things that you'd mentioned. Yeah. Now, 
we the attitude has changed that uh, y'all come here and it's all free. But we got people coming here that don't want to be Americans. They they their intent is to come here and remain the same and make us agree with them. Well, it's, it, it's a bit what amorphous. Little, what about Little Italy and Little China? Yeah, and, exactly. And these other places around the United States. Okay, do, do they do they take their driver's license test in English? What uh, look? If, if, if a government is going, if the right government is going to give out, you, you got six different languages just to figure out which bathroom to go into. Well, um, it depends on where the bathroom is. If I run a business, I'll put whatever darn word I want on my door. Thank you very much, sir. Um, and a lot that's of my them, business. A lot if of you them, stay out of my business if you don't like what I write on my door. A lot of them I'll don't put drive, cowboys and cowgirls. Uh, a lot but, of them don't you know, drive anyway. Who when, cares about when whether, you're talking about um, government uh, forms? Okay, I can see why you would want to put it in one language, but. What's that? Assimilate or vacate. You've got two years before Okay. Look, first of all, let's... So here's the history. Here's the, your misunderstanding with the history of how people assimilate. Usually in the first generation, that's the people that move, um, you know, z- I guess generation zero, the ones that have moved, um, they have a tough time getting the language. Chinatown, Little the second, Italy. The second ones tend to be bilingual, and the third generation, or, or G2, um, tend to not even speak their native tongue. Um, I know that part of my family was, uh, you know, I, I would be G2 from Germany. And I don't know any German but a few words. Um, but my uncle tried to teach it to me and uh, you know I learned a little bit. He's he was uh, you know bilingual. This is what happens if you let the marketplace take 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 over. And the problem is you're absolutely right. The freebies that people give out. But if you put out a bowl of milk for your people, the you know the the the, the ne'er-do-wells and loafers in this country and the the middle-class uh, welfare users that use the public school, um, then you and you can expect other people to want that too. Don't put out a bowl of milk and complain the cats come and drink it. And and a quick question to address the constitutional nope, no question. questions. We got. I'm sorry. We well, gotta go just on. to make a point, I hope the Tea Party people listening out there, like you and others, will recognize that. If you think it is a federal purview to control immigration, you're wrong. It is a state purview. There are I, don't, numerous I disagree cases. with you on this point, and I think that there's there, the, the Constitution isn't clear here. It talks about migration and talks about the federal government controlling it's, that after 1816 or something 18, like that. It was 1808, and it had to do with the importation of slaves. It I understand part of that the that's compromise. how they understood at the time, but I mean, it's a, it's a document that's intended to be read well, plainly. Here's here's the thing. Let's you go can to look Wesley at, Myrtle Beach. I just, I just need to say one thing before we bring in Wesley. All also, if you don't like the government security crackdown in the airports and all the things that they're doing, um, then you better wise up because they're going to be coming into your business. Yeah. If you make illegals, uh, it, you know, make it illegal for people to immigrate in the United States, you're going to need some big police state to go hunt them down. That right. much is true. Wesley right. in Myrtle Beach. Hey. Hey, Wesley. You're on the air. Go for it, man. Thanks, sir. Y'all were talking about the video and the police earlier. Yes, sir. But fella gonna get like seventy five years for yeah, doing it. It's crazy. Yeah. And they and, and they ride around with the police ride around with the dash cam filming us. Yep. And they say you can't talk on a cell phone or text and they sitting there with a phone in one ear and working a laptop computer with the hand. They sure are. Yep. And, and you're paying your breaks down and you and yeah. If your car breaks down and you leave beside the road two days around here, it gets an orange sticker on it, it gets towed off, then you got to pay the tow bill and the storage fee. Yeah, that much is true. They park their cars beside the highway, even empty or either with a dummy in it trying to scare you and slow them down. But, <laughs> but as off. Mark said, they are our servants. Yeah, right. Wink, wink. Yeah. 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 And, and so in this instance, 
you know, thank goodness we're seeing more and more people recognizing this problem. Uh, I Hopefully you see it as a major problem because I have a major problem with it, too. I do, too. Yeah. Thank you, Wesley. I appreciate too. the call. Y'all have Oops, sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have yeah. a good evening. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, it's 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 very interesting, you know, just talking to the Tea Party folks out there. If if you do There's have an opportunity, a lot of commonality with the Tea Party, exactly. but I feel like it's been co-opted by the Republicans in a lot of ways, and they've taken up a lot of these socially conservative issues, which would be better left alone. If you want to create common ground, that the American people are going to get behind. You can't just pick one party and work with that, because I mean, for one, you're suggesting the other party is full of rubes that have nothing smart to say, right. which is absolute asininity and will not create um, you know, a movement that will actually do something. The government, what it does by its nature is divide us so that we cannot be effective. You need to unite and get rid of these socially conservative issues that uh, the Tea Party's picked up. It's Mark. And Guard. Listen to Free Talk Live. You can check us out at freetalklive.com during uh, the rest of the week from 7- 